Hey everyone, this is the Vlog Sports Show, episode 65, with your hosts, myself, CG Hawk, joined by GG Benny the Bull. We are very proud to announce episode 65, and the main headliner for this episode will be the Chicago Red Stars versus Houston Dash in the Challenge Cup. First game on Friday night on 7.30 local, um, Central Time on CBS Sports Network. Big match. Very excited to talk about our predictions, the rosters, lineups, and more. And also for programming news, DJ Benny the Bull did a very well done, insightful article and episode on the NXT and WWE predictions. He went all out with amazing songs and music. The atmosphere is pristine. He did all the stops and that is available on Anchor and only Spotify due to um, copyright due to music. So you can find it on the Bullhawk Sports Show. You can find it on Spotify and Anchor if you have an Anchor account. So that is not normal. Normally it's available on all of our podcasting sites, but due to special reasons, editions. special editions, sometimes only Anchor and Spotify will be available for that certain episode. It'll let you know when we post them on like Instagram, Facebook, we'll let you know like on the bottom, PS, this is only available on. Yeah, they should have loved that one's promoted. And uh, even though that one is the, the night two, it'd be fun to listen back to that because I did analysis for that. And uh, tonight at seven, uh, Peacock, as you know, WWE is now on Peacock to all specials, all takeovers, pay-per-views. As it is WrestleMania week, it is going to be broadcast on Peacock now. And then, if you haven't already, to watch on demand before tonight's takeover is the UK brand's special episode. Um, basically, they're not doing the takeover um, yet, uh, although there's NXT UK Prelude, which has uh, big matches over there across the pond. And so, let's get into. It's... All right. Well, we have some fun, this back and forth talking points to go over before we get farther into the show. First, I want to give a heartwarming congratulations to the Baylor Bears men's basketball team. They won the 2021 March Madness, defeating. Boo Gonzaga in the final. I was very happy for the Bears and some famous residents, famous people from the Baylor area in Waco, Texas. Chip and Joe from Fixer Upper, they <laughs> round there. And I've been a fan fan of Baylor for years, so I was glad to see them get their first win and defeat Gonzaga, who was the odds-on favorite, unanimous favorite. Every analyst on CBS, ESPN, everywhere was like, Gonzaga, Gonzaga, Gonzaga. But Baylor upset them in the final, led by great play all around. And congratulations to the coach, Coach Drew, on a much-deserved championship. So I started watching Madness uh, last Loyola, sadly, and go. Uh, as far as we thought. I know they went home pretty early, but their coach got a um, new gig. He left 
to go to um, Oklahoma to be their new head coach. I hear we have a new, younger uh, coach. It looks like he just came straight out of college. Yeah, um, Drew Valentine. He's 29 Valentine. years old, and he's the youngest coach in um, men's college basketball. Is he He's related to Denzel? I don't, I don't know. I can check I for that. I, I can check for that. Older brother or something. I don't know. Drew, unless it's a different story with another Valentine family member. Uh, <laughs> so that's very interesting. And how about Udonis, U D Haslam? We haven't talked about him in a while. I thought it was a really nice piece. I thought it was just an update on him, his status as he has been available the Miami Heat and of course as you know he is a Miami Heat legend put him up against the GOATs in that organization and that is with D-Wade Shaq and many others and so uh, there was a nice piece that was done uh, by CBS Sports and so it's all about him how he's Staying ready as always. He's remaining active, or became active for the first time uh, since last season, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he stays ready. Competition continues to train for when Coach Bo needs him. So I thought that was really nice. He is uh, older, forty years old. Yeah, uh, LeBron James getting closer. Who would be cheer to that? He is, uh, <laughs> 30s, right? Like, he feels like he's, like, 38 by now. Yeah, he's only 35. Right? That's 36. nuts. I feel like he's 40. 36, I believe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it feels like. I thought he was 37 already. Um, yeah, there's all these veterans, right? So, there's good players, right? Like, D-Wade, who's kind of close to 40 as well. So, like, you know, that's considered old for basketball, yet he is still... Uh, tip top shape. He's also interesting. He's saying that he allows, like, there's so many, uh, quite a few big men on there, uh, the Heat, so he doesn't want to, like, step in. He wants to give them the spotlight, if you will. And he a locker room leader, and also off the court, too, for what he does in the city of Miami. I'll be ready to see him. I have not <laughs> in the longest time. Uh, so. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. I've been a fan of him for, for years. Even though he's not playing 48 minutes a night, he's still much loved for, for me. Yeah, definitely. And he's, I saw a clip from uh, a few weeks ago that was done on uh, <laughs> TNT with Inside the NBA. Uh, it was one segment that Shaq and D-Wade was on, um, ironically, and they they just basically buttered up uh, to, to UD. Uh, they gave, you know, a lot of praise to them, like, everything, you know, things they like about him, just what he's done to, to the Heat and everything. So I thought that was really uh, well done and uh, very, very nice to honor him. Um, and he was right there listening. Uh, he just sounds very like humble and uh, just not never like fuss about like oh I'm you know, the, the best of the best and all that. He doesn't get into that. He's very 
grateful for uh, the words yeah, and he definitely doesn't get talked about, you know, as you know, as NBA legends. That he is, he is one of the, the best uh, in the NBA. So I'm still this. All right, going on to the next. How about Paul Pierce's firing? That came as a shock out of nowhere. Yeah, I was shocked. I I assumed he was a rising star at ESPN because they feature him in a lot of shows. They like him on ESPN, as far as I knew. But um, in case you didn't see, Paul Pierce, the former Celtic, former multiple-time All-Star, The Truth, which is his nickname, he became an analyst at ESPN a couple years ago after his retirement from the Wizards. And he's featured on shows such as The Jump. He's been featured on multiple NBA um preview shows and post-game shows, but he's been terminated, fired from ESPN due to oh some boneheaded mistakes. He went on social media, which is not smart these days, and Instagram lied. he Instagram lied him like drinking, partying, smoking, dancing with hot women, like all this crazy stuff, which a family-friendly Disney wouldn't want. That's not the market. They, they don't want to show that on their brand. So Paul Pierce was given the pink slip and was immediately terminated from ESPN. That's Big awesome. mistake. It's a dumb move. What else can we say? It's stupid. <laughs> dumb move. Yeah. Because people get what fired for dumb reasons. But that one, I can see why they fired him. That was dumb on his part. Closing, just maybe a month later, we'll see him on TNT. Right, he got hired by another company. <laughs> He's talented as a analyst. Yes, I, I did see comments of it that there's fans. What is he doing? Like, uh, isn't he married? Like, oh, I don't know. Is I he? Was laughing so hard. Yeah, Gary, we just talked about last week, he was traded from, or maybe two weeks ago, I lose track of time, but he was traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the Toronto Raptors for um, Norm Powell and some other people. And Gary Trent, high scorer, can do a little bit of everything. He's good. He gets hot. He's one of those microwave types. But sometimes it can be a detriment that he gets cold and he's cold for long stretches. But when he gets hot, he's hot. And the Raptors took him on. And he had an amazing game winner a few nights ago against... Do you remember who they played, honestly? For... It was the Wizards, I think. Yes, it was the Washington Wizards. He had a game winner and it was tied buzzer up. Buzzer beater. Right? Awesome buzzer beater. From free. Found this good article. That's saying that they've all, every single one of them, have done game winner. 
No. In the very uh, crucial, uh, let's say, like in the uh, at the end of the quarter, they've done it, or you know, a clutch three. Um, so those are the guys that. Yeah. The elites. One final comment on Gary. This is amazing to me. This is from Josh Lundberger on Twitter. He's checkmarked, so he's an analyst, uh, I guess. He said Gary Trent Jr. is the youngest player in Toronto Raptors history to hit a buzzer-beating, game-winning shot. He joins Vince Carter, who was 23 years old, when he did it against the Celtics, 2000. Vince Carter again when he did it when he was 23 years old in 42 days against the Clippers. And then OG and Anobe, who was 23, 48 days against Boston last year. And finally, Ford, I don't know who that is, in 2006 against the Clippers when he was 23, 271 days. So Gary's the youngest of all. I'm just excited. That gets me even more excited. to attend a either a Raptors at United Center game or rap, uh, Raptors game um, over there in, well, not Florida. Well, that's the one they return in Toronto. I would love to be there. He's also, looked good so uh, far. Yeah. Yeah, what, what were you saying? Oh, I said he's looked good for the Raptors so far. I think. True. Oh, and also, I in my NBA fantasy league, it's getting down to the end. This is week um, fifteen, and I have one more week, I believe, after this one, and then I'll be all done and then go into the playoffs. And I drafted or not drafted. I picked up Gary Trent Jr. off the waiver wire because he was somebody dropped him, and it said he was available. And the Yahoo expert said he could heat up fast for the Raptors because it was right when he was traded. So he just became a Raptor. I was like, let's get him because I didn't really have any issues. So I claimed him and got him, and he's been good for me. So I'm like, good move. There you go. Good move. Especially with Kyle Lowry out. He's been getting a lot of minutes with Kyle out. So that's an air factor that I considered. Yeah, he's one, been one of the MVPs lately. And uh, someone that's alongside him, like OG, consistent. And Pascal, Siakam. Yeah, he's the best. There. Yeah, he, he's the best. Outs- outside of, would you even say outside of Lowry, or would you say right now? Uh, in my heart, I Kyle is my favorite Raptor, but I like Pascal Siakam a lot. I think future, he's the best on the team because he's so young and he's improving. Yeah, he's still young. I think Kyle's he's really good too. Both. I guess consistency, I would say Kyle still, but down the line, uh, Pascal for sure. Kyle, Kyle OG, and uh, who's the one uh, other? Fred. Uh, yeah, Ben Fleet. I like him. They're, he's good. They're three of the most consistent. I would definitely pick if I choose if I got to choose one of them. I would definitely choose any to be on my team. I also like Chris Boucher. He's good too. Boucher, yeah. But he never gets enough minutes because Nurse is like 
he's too short for the center position. So he's given enough minutes, even though when he plays off the bench, he's stat stuffer in the rebounds and block shots. But Same story as Makoka and uh, certain other... Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Taco Fall. I know what happened to him. He was so big. He is big, but like yeah. for a while, it, everyone kept talking about Taco, and I haven't heard his name forever. And, and now they've they traded uh, one of his, uh, well, a while ago, a, uh, a certain uh, something. Daniel Tice? The Blazers. Oh, a different one. Uh, what's that? Super tall. Cantor? Uh, Enos Cantor. That's right. And still, we cannot get minutes. I know. Cantor has improved. <laughs> I like Cantor. So, yeah. so, right. yeah, I know so far we, we've done majority NBA. Is there any other uh, notes that you would like to? Uh, I guess I have one last one before we get to like the segments we're going to do for 65. I guess I'll do my MLB rant right now. Sure. So... Uh, um, Robert Manfred, the commissioner of baseball, I'm going to say right now, he's worse than Roger Goodell. Most people say that Goodell's the worst. Like, he's the worst commissioner. No, Manfred's the worst commissioner by far. Because Goodell, for all his faults, he at least seems to me that he likes the game of football, that he wants to grow it, engage with people. Manfred, I don't think he even likes baseball. He wants to destroy it with gimmicks. He wants to appeal to woke fans who don't watch baseball. He's like, people don't watch baseball. Let's appeal to them. They're not going to watch baseball. They haven't before. They won't now. So he comes up with gimmicks that make no sense. And also angry at him because he cut down on the minor league teams. For greedy reasons, he loves money. Like all business people, of course. But him especially seems to love money. So he got rid of a lot of the minor league teams. And then he recently moved the All-Star Game from Atlanta due to business and political and Twitter pressure. He, um, the hot topic issue of the Georgia voting laws is a hot topic, but conversation for another time. And I know some about it, not a ton, so I don't want to go into political details. But basically, uh, some people believe it's horrible. Some like it. And Manfred didn't want to anger Delta, Coke, which are huge two companies in Georgia. So he decided to pull out of the All-Star Game and move it to Denver. And they left Atlanta. And the thing that's angry for me is that Atlanta is going to lose $100 million in tourism and more things, even though the city of Atlanta itself didn't demand new voting laws or things like that. But... They're going to lose out $100 million. And that's disappointing. So another reason why I don't like Manfred. I never liked him. Now he's even worse. <laughs> thumbs down. Yeah, big thumbs down. Epic fail. Yeah. And this, this is separate from uh, the new host have a new host for the all-star game if he didn't have any more about that no uh, that was it yeah so <clears throat> short and sweet denver 
is the new host for the MLB All-Star Game. Yeah, Coors Field. Due to uh, political uh, values, say values, even uh, issues that I uh, decided that uh, they compared it to an NBA, ironically, NBA uh, move for their All-Star Game back in 2013. Oh, right, when they, uh, they left Carolina, right? Yeah, yeah. So, due to the same reason. Yep. Yeah, this one's more dramatic, though. Oh, I had one final comment. I read this on uh, Wall Street Journal. They mentioned that Rob Manfred, in his statement announcing the leave from Georgia, he announced his values and like MLB's values were a reason why they decided to leave. Well, Robert Manfred is a member of Augusta National, which is one of the best golf clubs in the country. He's a member there. The Masters is this weekend. And as far as I know, he has not said he has to leave the Masters, quit the Masters Club due to political reasons. So he's hypocritical that is against his morals to keep the game if he's still going to make money in Augusta. I guess we can move on to our planned segments next. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's coverage of the Premier League here on the Bullhawk Sports Show. We're going to cover Manchester City's win over Leicester City and then Fulham's disappointing but expected loss versus Aston Villa. So let's get to the action right away. The Premier League is back after a week off due to the international break. And now we are back in full swing, season getting ready to wrap up. Most teams have around seven, six games left on the season. And the first one we're going to discuss is Manchester City's game against Leicester. And Leicester is a good team. They came in at third place with 56 points. And Leicester's in a position that they will definitely go to the Champions League with a very good spot so far based on how I expect them to finish, how they've looked. They'll probably do that, go to Champions League in the stages. And they're not going to win the Premier League this year, but finishing third is no thing to laugh at, especially if you're a fan of Leicester City. That's pretty good for them. Last year, they were really good, but they kind of ran out of gas late. But this year... Pretty much overall, they've been one of the better sides this year. And Manchester City, dominant. They don't lose. They lost a few weeks ago against Manchester United. But besides that, they're not losing. They're not allowing any goals. They're scoring enough to win, not draws. And even though they had a week off, I expected them to beat Leicester. And I was right. So let's get to the lineups. Then we'll get to a little bit of the goals and what took place in a relatively um, low stress level match. 
So the lineups for these sides are for Manchester City and goal. Ederson, defenders Kyle Walker, Diaz, Emmerich Laporte, Benjamin Mendy, midfielders, Gabriel Zeus, Rodrigo, Kevin De Bruyne, Fernandinho, and Riyad Mahrez, and Sergio Aguero as the forward. And I haven't touched on it yet, but the news was that Manchester City was not going to renew Sergio Aguero's contract. He's not coming back to City. So Sergio will leave City as one of the best players in City history. One of my favorites, one of my favorite members of City of all time, since I've been a fan. He has done so much for the club, Manchester, the city, the team, the fans, the players. He's been one of the best goal scorers in the Premier League since he's arrived from Atletico Madrid. And I think this is a good time for the split. I'd love him to finish the rest of his career out and retire as a member of City, but he's not getting ready to retirement yet. And there's not really a need for him, so to speak. Just based on how de- much depth City has. City has so much depth with so many talented players. And players on the bench who could start in most clubs in the Premier League. And they want to give more opportunities to some of these guys who are younger in the club. And I'd love Sergio to stay. But business-wise and money-wise, it makes sense to end the partnership. That doesn't mean I'm disappointed, but I'm not disappointed. Like, oh, he's leaving. But it does make sense on some fronts for Sergio to go to a new club where he can win some more trophies, help them. Some examples of clubs that have been mentioned on ESPN, CBS, PremierLeague.com are clubs such as Juventus, where Ronaldo is. They've mentioned AC Milan. They've mentioned Dutter Milan. They've mentioned his old club, Atletico Madrid. They've mentioned Barcelona to join Messi, which I don't know if that would make sense considering Messi wanted to get out there so bad that why would Sergio want to go to Barcelona if it's such a toxic environment? That one I would probably say no. If I was him. But let's go play with Messi, which is great. So maybe that would be enough. But I don't know. And some other ones too. They mentioned the MLS route. Where most players who are amazing and their careers are winding down. Go to MLS. But I think he still has some gas left. So I don't know why he'd go to the MLS. Unless he wanted to go for one year and prove it. And then get a big contract overseas. But he could already do that. So I don't think that would make sense. And that's a little bit about Sergio and his time at City at the end of the season has come to a close. So back to the lineups, now to Leicester's in goal, Casper Schmeichel, defenders, Wasifana, Johnny Evans, Daniel Morte, midfielders, Yuri Tillmans, Mark Albrighton, Ayo Perez, Wilfred Needy, Timothy Castone, and forwards, Jimmy Vardy, and Kalichi. That is the starting 11 for both sides. Stats. Not that different, to be honest. Touches and passes, City had a big lead on. And shots, 11-5. And shots target, 4-2. Possession, 56-43. So nothing like outrageously different between them. 
City had most of the advantages, which is to be expected with a 2 nothing win, and unexpected how they play. They are a passing team. They pass the ball all the time. Sometimes they're nauseum. It gets a little bit stale, but it works for them, and they win all the time. So I'm not going to tell Pep Guardiola to stop passing all the time because it is a strategy. And to break down the goal scoring, is set up first when the first goal took place after halftime. City looked good in the first half with Ken De Bruyne missing a strike from free kick and Gabriel Jesus barely curling wide on the net. Finally, at the 58th minute, after halftime, it was nil-nil. And Needy did get a yellow card in the first second minute, which was warranted. So 58th minute, Benjamin Mendy got past Mark Albrighton before putting in his second goal of the year. So congratulations, Benjamin, on your second goal this season. And finally, Raheem Sterling, substitute, which shows how much depth this team has that Raheem Sterling, who would start for all other 19 clubs in the Premier League, is coming off the bench. But he came up to set Gabriel Jesus with 16 minutes remaining to get Jesus another goal which he's getting a lot lately. And that was our 74th point on the season. And if we get 11 more, we win our fifth Premier League title. And that would be pretty amazing. Considering how dominant Liverpool was last season, people thought Liverpool could be dominant again. But Liverpool has been pretty bad all year. And City have not. So it looks like they're going to win their fifth Premier League title. I think they will. I'm going to say it right now. They will. So let's move on to a game with more at stake. This one, there wasn't that much at stake. City won, which was great. Leicester lost, which didn't hurt them in the standings. And that's where we end with that. So now to the Aston Villa versus Fulham match. This one, like I say every single week, big patience for Fulham. Coming in 18 spot, 26 points. With Aston Villa 41 points. Hoping to get into the past... 10th spot into the ninth spot so out of the top 10 the top 10 and this one was big because Alexander Mitrovic on Fulham our best player in my opinion Scott Parker does not agree and the assistant coaches must not agree but to me he's our best player had been hot in Serbia over the international break he was scoring a lot of goals for Serbia looked to be back in form after a long time of is out of it a lot of it had to do with mental to me, it was a lot of mental, not physical skill, more mental. And he finally came back, got to start in the starting 11, and made something happen. We'll get to that later. So the lineups first for Fulham, goalkeeper, always, Alphonse, defenders, Keitete, Joachim Anderson, Tosin, Olenia, midfielders, Bobby Reed, Ruben Loftus Cheek, Mario Lamina, Adamo Lookman, and Harrison Reed, and forward. Alexander Mitrovic. So thankfully, Ivan Cavallaro was benched. And Josh Maja, he's been gone since probably that game against Everton months, or not months, but weeks ago, a long time ago, when he scored two goals in his first match. I was like, this guy is with the striker we needed. He's disappeared since then. But I like him. But Mitrovic is the best striker we have, and when he's actually on point, 
the best goal scorer we have. So I'm tired of these Ivan Cavalier experiment. Oh, he's so magical. Or Justin Magia. Well, no. They're fine. Ivan Cavalier can't get goals once a blue moon. And Magia did score two goals, which is more than a lot of these guys on this team. But lately, his Magia has not been doing anything. And Cavalier has been hit or miss. So thankfully, Mitrovic got the start. And then for Villa, good squad. Top 10. They've been pretty good all year. Which is saying something. This is more magical than a lot of seasons. Temp's very good in the Premier League, especially for low market, mid market clubs, not the ones with straps of cast, money coming out of their pockets. Especially since last season, Ashton Villa only escaped relegation by one point. On the last day, last game, they drew to escape relegation, which DJ Bull, I talked about it. I posted an Instagram photo of the winning goal when they won against, um, I don't remember who they beat, but they got a draw and stayed in the Premier League, which I don't have anything against Aston Villa, so I'm kind of glad they stayed. So they're line up, Emilio Martinez is goalkeeper, defenders Matthew Cash, Eri Conza Nico, Tyrone Mains, the captain, Matt Target, then midfielders Douglas Louise, John McGinn, Bertrand Torre, Anwar El Ghazi, Morgan Swanson, and the forward, probably the best player, Ollie Watkins, who could leave Villa if he wanted to. He's been so good lately. He's been great making the England side and international games. But he likes Vashavilla, he said, and he wants to stay there. So that's cool for now. He's a really good player. And broke down. These two sides played earlier in the year, a long time ago. This is one of the first matches of the year. I want to say it was our third game of the season. We lost 3-0. But we've changed a lot since then. So there was hope that we could maybe win this one or draw. And thank goodness we didn't allow a goal in the first five minutes, which we seem to do often. We've cut down on that. It still happens, though, especially after halftime. But luckily that didn't happen. Besides two yellow cards for both sides, and one of them things that happened was late in first half stoppage time. Villa fought that a penalty following Marlomina's challenge on Ollie Watkins, but that was overturned. And Ollie Watkins is so good that he could have conceivably scored to make it 1-0 Villa, but that was overturned. So no penalty kick by Watkins. So then it got going after halftime. Nil, nil. They made a substitution. Fulham did, taking Adam Lookman out of the game and putting in the aforementioned Ivan Cavallero to spice things up, get some offense going. And on this team, he counts as one of our best scorers, even though he's not that good of a scorer. But to this team, I guess he would be. Based on our lack of scoring, our offense so bad. Pretty much the only recipe for a Fulham victory is to allow one or zero and score one or two. That's basically how we win. 
So a lot of times, if we get, take a lead, we're not going to come back. We don't come back from many games. So if we fall behind, we're losing toast. But if we take an early lead or late lead, sometimes we do hold them. That's one recipe that we've been getting our few wins has been by taking leads and having the defense stay strong and hold off the opponent's attack. So we got that in the 61st minute when Alexander Dmitrovic made his presence onto the pitch known and his third chance on net. He got past Tyron Mings, under hit back pass, got past Martinez, the goalkeeper, and calmly slotted home his third goal of the year. It's been a long time since Alexander Mitrovic has scored. He scored against Leeds forever ago. He scored another one forever ago. I want to say it was West Brom. I'm pretty sure that was the other one. So a long time ago since he scored, but he finally did. To be his third goal of the season. That's where it got bad. I've tricked that one nothing lead. I thought maybe we could hold on. Or at least keep it a draw. Because Villa does have an attack. And they are skilled. 1-1 could have been conceivable based on how our defense normally plays. But the Fulham's defense decided to implode. And a one nothing lead evaporated in a matter of minutes. When with 12 minutes remaining in the match, Fulham up 1-0. Aston Villa got on the board when Therese, who came off the bench, scored to make it 1-1 after a great pass by Tomer Mings. He's a good passer. Three minutes later, Therese said, I need to score one more. So he got a second goal of the game. Assisted by Killian Davis to make it 2-1 Villa. By that point, Fulham was over. They were done. They can't come back from deficits, even 1-0 or 2-1 deficits. That's too much. And we did some substitutions. We're going over Sheik leaving for Maja. Marlomina leaving for Josh Onoman. But very both very late. Only like five minutes left in the game, so there was really a point for those. And finally, in... Three minutes left in the match, 87th minute. Ollie Watkins, assisted by Bernard Torre, scored to make it 3-1. Great close-range finish from Ollie Watkins. And they won the match 3-1 over Fulham. They now are ninth spot with 44 points, two clear of Arsenal with 10th, and Fulham remain in 18th with 26. And a sad result was that Newcastle somehow drew with Tottenham. So Newcastle, who are in 17th, now move three points ahead of us instead of two, which I thought was going to be the case based on how Newcastle is so poor, so bad. But they drew Tottenham to make it a three-point deficit. But the silver lining is, based on goal differential, that Newcastle is a lot worse. The last time I checked, with a win next week against the Wolverhampton Wanderers, the Wolves we would be in Newcastle loss. We would take the lead over Newcastle based on differential. So we would be ahead of them. And in our silver lining is the last game of the season. So after seven more games, the last one is against Newcastle. So if things come down to it and we are three points down against Newcastle at the end of the season, the last game, we'll win and hoping that Golder Frenzel pans out 
in our favor. If we would control our destiny, we would would advance to we'd stay in the Premier League if we beat them in the final day with goal differential in our favor and down, let's say three, two, one points. Let's say we get pick up some draws, or we pick up a win in a draw and two draws, and Newcastle picks up maybe some points, and we hopefully come down three or less points. With a win we could stay up and they would be demoted. They would be relegated. Hopefully that's the case for Fulham. Who's also as a podcaster, host of Bullhawk Sports Show, the ease of access to covering clubs in the Premier League that are not that could be relegated or fear of sent down is more difficult. Because if Fulham is relegated, the ease of access for me to watch them on TV will be hampered. So if they get demoted to the Champions League, they'll probably have to cover them less, which would be disappointing. So hopefully they don't get demoted to the championship, which is the one behind the Premier League. Hopefully they don't. Hopefully they stay up and stay on TV so we can continue to cover them. But there is some ways to watch clubs in the championship on TV in the United States. It's more difficult, but there are ways to do it. Like, for example, Darby County, as a resident in the U.S., you can watch them through Darby County TV and pay some money, monthly money, and watch the games on that app, which I've not done, but I know that is a avenue for teams in the championship, which is a more localized game than the Premier League, which is national, international. And that concludes... The coverage for Manchester City and Fulham this week. The next time they play, let's get to that, is, I believe it's April 9th for, yep, here we go. Friday, April 9th, Fulham at home at Craven Cottage, take on the Wolves. Big match. The Wolves are an okay team, but it's a team we need to take advantage. They haven't been great lately. We need to get a win or a draw. I'm going to go out on a limb and say win, to be honest. We can't keep drawing, can't keep losing, or we're going to be packing our bags and heading down to the championship if we don't get our act together soon. Seven games may sound like a lot, but it's actually not. Especially if Newcastle somehow gets wins, we could be in big trouble if we don't get them soon. Because Newcastle is bad, but they're not... Seven games in a row, losing bad. And then for Manchester City, they play the next day, Saturday, April 10th, on home at the Etihad against Leeds United, who are a good club, but not Manchester City good, so Manchester City should take care of them. And for rivals' sake, to cover the teams we need to be worried about as a Fulham supporter, on Sunday, April 11th, big match, Burnley-Newcastle, at Turf Moor, rooting for Burnley to win this match. Teams don't win at Turf Moor, hard to win there. Burnley better take care of business against Newcastle with a win. I don't root for Burnley, but I will be on this on April 11th. And another one to, oh, I guess another one to look at probably Everton Brighton Monday April 12th. Maybe Everton 
can care business against Brighton would be helpful for Fulham. But basically, the only team we really need to worry about at this point is Newcastle because Brighton's starting to get pull ahead and chase for relegation. So Newcastle Fulham looks to be the two who are going to tango the last seven games of the season. And Newcastle does have a game at hand, so they have less games than us, which is helpful. And thank you for listening. Talk to you more and soon on Blog Sports Show. We have coverage of various sports coming up this week on episode 65, including not all of it, but some of the topics we'll discuss is I kind of want to discuss about the Bulls games. We're going to go over the Bulls' recent games. We'll talk about the Cubs and Sox, how they looked over the first few games. We'll talk about the NWSL Challenge Cup is coming up very soon. And also probably talk about MLB recently, what they've done in um, All-Star Game. That's something we'll probably talk about. Thank you, and talk to you soon. It's time for our weekly Bulls talk here on Bullhawk Sports Show, episode 65. The Bulls have played a multiple games since we last talked. We're going to quickly, quickly, unbelievably fast talk about three games, and then two of them will go more in depth. The first three are Bulls lost to the Suns 121-116 on March 31st. Some stand-up performers were Vukovic with 24 points, 10 rebounds. Fad Young, 19 points, 10 rebounds also. And Dendell with 19 as well. His best game of the year. And for this... His, yeah. His, uh, his 20 point right. a game uh, months ago. And he nearly uh, exceeded his uh, record. I know. Yeah, so I, I thought he played better against the Suns in that one. And then for this, yeah, that's all you need to know. Dan Booker, forty-five. We lost. That's it. Oh yeah. Season high, perhaps. I don't think so. I think you have scored more than that already. At least not in a while, right? He typically hits like at least thirty. He usually scores like thirty-five lately. That's all you need to know. Dumb Booker, 45, that's it. Yeah, on the other hand, the next switching gears, Bulls also lost against the Jazz. <laughs> yeah, the Utah Jazz uh, a little bit too much, but it's another close game, actually. Yeah, this was a tight one. I think if the Bulls had maybe the Bulls struggle in the fourth quarter often that's our worst quarter a lot of times we play start out slow and start and end slow like the second or third quarters are usually where we make our mark like we're going to win today or lose today but the fourth quarter we just kind of didn't have enough we used to actually struggle in the third quarter we did we don't that much that these days though 
it's it's now the fourth quarter. It's kind of hit or miss. As some sometimes when we in we're in the third quarter, we're on a roll. We have to be on a roll third to end the fourth. Like the beginning of the fourth has to be good for us to close close that. Yeah. Yeah, we can turn that around in our favor uh, this time. Um, since very overbearing. Of course, there's a tough matchup because Utah is the number one yeah. seed, the number one team from the West. So they have an excellent record 37 11. We're actually blown away the last time we met. I know, we only lost by like six this time. We lost by like 40 last time. Yeah, I feel like with each game, like we're getting better against the better teams, if you will. <laughs> Yet, uh, we got embarrassed by the Spurs and by uh, you know, the Celtics as a as a uh, recent. <laughs> the top performers for this one for the Bulls were Fad Young with twenty five points and rebounds and our great game. He cemented himself yeah. as. Our best, um, probably the best for us power forward. I think he, I would li- like him starting over Markinen. I know when Markinen's hot, maybe he's more explosive, but Fad is better rebounding, better leader, and better passer than Markinen. Yeah, speaking of Utah, just keep in mind that we're there's we've been on long stretches where we're on the road, so yeah. again, this. Uh, this game, we were away again at the Smart Home Arena. That kind of gives them, you know, the badge. If I remember correctly, the Jazz allow some fans. They do, yeah. Yeah, so they have that. I, I was a little bit, tonight's game, I was a little bit, like, taken. Like, I was like, I thought that. Because they panned in, there was, like, two guys that were wearing both jerseys. Turns out they're the only fans there. Because we were... Actually, away, I got the vibe that we're at the UCA. Like, what? And then what? Shock. We actually allow fans now, and I'm like, no, we're still the same. We're away, so yeah. Well, at least we know that there's some fans out there. I feel like the Bulls jerseys is the number one uh, sellers. So, so for the Jazz, uh, who else was? Uh- Mitchell was good. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, for usually he's the most consistent. 26 points. Gobert was good. Yeah. Gobert, also good. As we've shown, I remember posing the question that Rudy Gobert arguably is the best, probably all, all around, yet in terms of scoring, consistency wise, was Mitchell. Continues to I think Mitchell is the best on the team, in my opinion. But Gobert is like right there. I agree. I agree. There was one list though that that said it. It was not my words. It was the the ranking that the every team best player two thousand twenty one and the Gobert. So. I mean, he's very good. So he is. He is. You forget that he's uh he comes from France. 
at uh, International. He's been featured actually part of these um, sports like Saturday uh, spotlights and everything. He was, I believe, it was part of ESPN. How the sports world changed, and Bill Bear was actually you hear him talk, and like you could tell that you know the French accent. <laughs> yeah, they kind of give him the notoriety, if you will, of starting this whole downfall, this whole shutdown of the NBA, which we know how that started with them. So, What's... Yeah, I, I definitely I feel like he's trying to prove that he's, I mean, it's a mistake, and he's trying to just be his best and not do that again. Maybe his confidence kind of, like, struggled. Yeah. Like, you know, just like, the bubble, even, everything, coming back from it. Yeah, he's the second best. Let's move on. Yeah, Jordan Clarkson was also, if you don't mention him, and Bogdanovich, the usual, 1918. And then the Bulls, you mentioned already. Daddy Young, actually the best, uh, the top uh, here, 25. Would you say best, dad's best of the year? One of his best. Let's move on to the Bulls. Nets, Sunday, April 4th, at home at the Night Center. The Nets came in injured, beat up, hurt. They didn't have James Harden and did not have Kevin Durant in this game. They only had Kyrie Irving. Which is. Kyrie Irving's very good, so it's, it's kind of a misnomer to say like only Kyrie. He's still very good. He's better in pairs. I feel like that's how, yeah. That's how, I don't think he's good enough by himself. Yeah, that's how it play, it played out. Like when he was on the Cavs, right? Like that. That's the LeBron is a big reason for that. Kevin Love big reason for that and similar to Kevin Love like he's another similar to he is very similar to uh, Irving where he's not the best and not as good uh, by himself too so which is why like the Cavs are still Bobby Peter yeah they're still bad yeah yeah uh, Kevin Love is the best player on there besides a certain someone there. They have a few others. Hems could say the leader. And yeah, we get some good leadership. They didn't really have that um, enough to say to, to beat us. Yeah, we always have plenty. Right, since we have uh, Levine right now, he's still young, yet he's, he's considered uh, you know, one of the long time players like here especially on the Bulls he's been on there longer than any other teams been a part of and yeah he's been there more than three years of course and we have plenty very smart to get Sadaransky as well he's been playing way better this year and Luch, that is young and Daniel Tice to back that all up and you know we still have Garrett Temple, who's 
on the bench, still out, um, uh, injured. Uh, but he's 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 on the side, right? So like giving uh, tips and everything. Yeah, we're not we're not without uh, good leaders. Like who was leading that night was three at point guard. We had Sedaransky, nineteen. Uh, plenty of assists, more than a handful. We got a double that at eleven, and then for Thaddeus Young, Thaddeus Young, um, still nothing. Uh, not to set the scoreboard on fire as uh, Sato has recently. It's kind of flip flop. Uh, or had he had twelve. Uh, and then five rebounds and assists each. And then uh, Patrick Williams, the 11, continuing consistency uh, As we say, we don't expect him to get 20-plus no. game like a Levine. Yeah, uh, it's good that we have that uh, piece. He's definitely developing into something really good uh, he has that star look as I said too so I feel like he's probably really well liked too like I not only the players like yeah, everyone all around and and we also had Vucevic Vucevic coming into his own on the Bulls I feel like he's starting to get used to it here in Chicago he's uh, got over that uh, that hump um, and 22 and this monster uh, rebounds 13 and then we have the best of the best Zach Levine and Dels Paz 25 points and this is this Zach Levine that was hurt uh, for a few games and he he missed one only of the and he came back, and since then he's been back to how uh, Zach is. Back when uh, Zach and Kobe were uh, <laughs> the duo. We had 25, yeah. Five assists, three rebounds. How about Daniel Tice? Daniel Tice can finally come into his own as well. And points, three rebounds, two assists. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to check this one out. No, uh, Mater. Live. Either. Yeah, I'm sure it was a good one. I'm, I'm sure we're not we weren't expecting a blowout. Yeah, like, it's good. Very good effort. Uh, so, 115-107. Also, uh, yeah, we want to get back home. We plan for UC. That could have had something to do with it. Uh, before we move on to the Pacers game, I want to give a shout out to one of the coolest names in the NBA, Timotau Luau Cabarro of the Nets, one of the coolest names in the NBA. That's French, huh? Yeah, he's French. There you go. That's why it wasn't easy to guess um, Rudy Gobert uh, to be. All right, ready to move to the Pacers one? I do like how, yeah. I 
I do like how they put all the different marks on Tomas and Ramsey. Yet Lucevic, they don't. <laughs> I know they don't. They don't have any for him, but I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Even for our holy Felicia, they have the excellent mark on the eye. They don't have any for Markkinen either. Oh, that's weird. Interesting. Well, I guess his is. Not really emphasized. No, not really. Not really. Right. Oh, well, which letter is it supposed to be? I would have thought like the I could have been accident, but it's, yeah. it's not. So. The Finnish, yeah. Finnish, yeah, Finland. Yeah. I must say, yeah, this game that's the Pacers. Too easy. Probably the most fun to watch. And it's Hill tonight. Too easy. <laughs> nice game, yeah. So uh, the starting five for the Pacers will do first because they were at home at Indiana. Yeah, by the way, side note, as we're discussing this, CJ, this is how easy it was. CJ Hug is leaned back quite a little bit more than usual <laughs> and very uh, calm, relaxed. Yep. Laid back for this. Um, so for the Pacers, starting five was Edmund Sumner at point guard, Karis Lavut at shooting guard, Miles Turner at center. Why did he have a crappy game? Doug McDermott at power forward, and Justin Holiday at small forward. Yikes, what happened to him? Two points, one rebound, that's awful. Yeah, yeah, Doug what? Holiday, what happened? Yeah, what happened? Bob <laughs> uh, Holiday even scored more than, more than that. Oh, uh, Aaron? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he yeah. scored more than that. And he actually, start. actually, yeah, not only Lauren Holiday, uh, Drew and Justin, um, they're, they're brothers. So yeah. They're all three of them. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because, like, Justin started. <laughs> so the kids was like the bench is a little bit better. And yeah, not by much. Jeremy Lamb. I never, I never liked him. I'm not a Jeremy Lamb fan. Yeah. Yeah. And just to clarify, it's Lamb, not Lynn. Yeah, I like Jeremy Lynn. Lynn is not uh, in <laughs> the NBA. He's not back yet. Is he, is he in the Santa Cruz? Yeah, still in Santa Cruz. Where he is. We'll have to double check that claim. I thought he was in the Santa Cruz Warriors. Or that uh, status. I thought so. Yes, that is correct. He is still there. And, uh... So... Yeah, Lauren Holiday is actually... She's cool. I believe... Is there... Maybe he's married to Drew. Yeah, she's she's married so, to Drew. Yeah. Considered sister-in-law. Yeah, she's a former MWSL player. Was like a legend. So. And. And then. Who else? Evan Sumner. The two. And Miles Turner. The ten. Former Bull. And then, uh, the best. Those two, Karis Lippert. No. Six rebounds. 
Uh, You're forgetting former bull. Shakar <laughs> Samson. Oh, where is that? He's way down there. Oh, did he? He's a car. He's a former bull, right? I thought he was. There's multiple Samsons. Yeah, here here we oh, go. Oh, you're right, you're right. It's 2019. Well, he was kind of a team lead for Wayne Mad Max, which is Indiana. So yeah, he actually played in, uh, looks like it was in China. Yes, the Shandong Heroes before. That's very intriguing. The Nuggets, the Kings. He was first on the Winnie City Bulls in 18 and then 19. And then he was on the Bulls that same year. So that's pretty long. Did he even play? Yeah, he played 12 minutes, one rebound, six points in this game. He played. I don't remember if he played on. I don't remember if he played on the Bulls, to be honest, but. Alright, so yeah, what I just said. Four games, actually, that's over four games, and he averaged 20 points, eight rebounds off the bench, no less. Whoa. Get this. The reason why, before he moved up to the Heroes in China, the CBA, it's because he was only on a 10 day contract. Was it too cold in Chicago? Or, or that. He's like, it's too cold. Pulled a, uh, <laughs> can we even say he pulled a uh, Joaquin Noah on the Clippers? Because I don't think so. Joe was very good. So he he pulled a late Joe Kim Noah <laughs> career move. But but Joe Kim Noah like retired on his own accord. Jakar probably didn't want to retire, but he had to. Yeah, I don't know how this time he had baby. I don't know. I like his photo though. I think I photo. Saint John's. <laughs> Why did Tice not play in this game? Do you know? Uh, not, not exactly sure. The last last one, I know that it was due to uh, uh, just dealing with uh, soreness or mm. something minor. It was already took um, yeah, 
And so, yeah, we didn't have that. Denzel didn't really get, he didn't get much minutes. I don't, I don't think he's gotten like any minutes since that Suns game. He had like 19 and then they're like, who? Yeah, that's unusual. And so, yeah, Archie, Felicia, Green Valley at one. So that was a job. Archie got a rebound. Felicia was hot. Felicia was great in his one minute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So. I did read one thing about Felisa. It's like, oh, during the time that we had, um, like, we were wanted to like tank on purpose. So oh. like, that's that's why we signed Felisa so no. we could like get a better draft pick. We we so like I, the I guy. See that. We like him so. I know a lot of people don't, but we do so. He is the second most tenured. Yep. Valentine that's that's gotta be true yeah yeah it's cute it's cute <laughs> all right and then so back to the starters they did the bulk of it um and look Lori Markkinen playing I um then he spent 14 had two rounds of 10 three rebounds to assist had the same number minutes as Kobe 31 minutes so it was out there for um, uh, the third most, that third most, and then uh, they're like this one, like they're like fouling out. Yeah, but then it, it that didn't affect them as uh, taking uh, the bulk of the punishment was Zach Levine powering through nineteen. Uh, he had the most out there, 36 minutes, and then Nikola Vucevic with a Bulls season high, highest yet, 17 rebounds, that assists, 32 points. So look at that. Yeah, so he was carrying uh, the Bulls on the back along with Levine. Uh, is a big reason uh, we are victorious. And we are away at the same building that the Loyola Ramblers competed against Illinois, right? They just yeah. left field house. That's right. So we got a, we got a big one right there. Strand 113, 97, W. 97, that's right. Oh, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to Lori Markkinen. Because I give him fla- I give him flack often because he's a poor rebounder for a seven footer. He scored. He got six rebounds in this game, which is for him really good. So I want to give him credit for that. Yeah, I want to give Young credit too, because he doesn't score like 40 night, but he always chips in on steals, blocks, rebounds, steals. assists. He always he's, chips in. He's, he's got, he's, he gets that from Chris Dunn. He's better than Chris Dunn, but he, Dunn, but he does do that, yeah. Yeah, in terms of steals, so yeah, overall he's better. <laughs> better, yeah. All right, 
Let's move on. I will then enter tonight's game already. And so we face the uh, uh, second, at least CJ's second favorite team. Yep. That is the LA Lakers. The Toronto Raptors. <laughs> no, not the Lakers. Um, this was a good game. Watched the whole game. I did, and if you're wondering, was it at Toronto? No, it was at Tampa Bay. Still, they still play at Tampa Bay's court. But you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know they played it in Tampa Bay. Because they have like the Toronto Raptor like logo on the corner and stuff, so if you weren't tuned in, you might not know. That's right. That's right. And, uh, a big reason for the Raptors woes, uh, not because they're not a good team Injury. necessarily, but like uh, their record also who's on the injury report state. And very surprised what. Uh, uh, Gary Trent Jr. That's not sure what was wrong. Yeah, he was awful. He'll confirm this. Like, if he was, is he very good uh, or necessarily since there? Um, he's the type of guy who needs to take a lot of shots, and right. he's never going to have a great shooting percentage in a game. He's not going to be like 6 for 12 or 8 for 10. He's going to be like 5 for 18 or like 4 for 18. Like he's going to get points. He's going to get points, but he's going to miss a lot of shots along the way. Yeah. This game, he's got to a 0 for 8 start and never could get it going at all. And this is probably his worst game I've seen him since he arrived in Toronto. He looked awful. I don't know what was going on. And if he got like twenty re, like he got like five assists, six rebounds, I said okay, it's not awful. But he could only get one assist, one rebound, so he didn't do anything. I need some turnovers too. He didn't do anything this game. Yeah, they do have a short roster, small roster, uh, not many choices. You, and you, I want to give a shout out to Yuta Watanabe. Yeah. He was better than Gary Trent Jr. He only played 17 minutes. Yeah, one of the newer players. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't gotten to see too much of yet. I liked him. He, he looked pretty good. A good name, a cool name. And He's from Japan. Quickness. He's from Yokoma, Japan. It's kind of like... He's 6'9". It's kind of like Randall Park in those pictures. He is. I always like these stories. He was an undrafted player, so I always like these stories where the guy's undrafted and he claws his way into the NBA. They said he was buried on the Grizzlies, what his first team. He was like the 16th man, but now that there's injuries on the Raptors, his new team, he's playing more minutes. And I thought he looked perfectly fine, so. Grizzlies lost that they buried him. It's one of the bulls that that went undrafted and became something big. Being undrafted doesn't mean that you won't 
Good. Well, look at um. Look at uh Kendrick Nunn on the Heat right now. He's buried on like depth chart, but he's had success and he's undrafted. Yeah, he had some the most, the most minutes forty one out there a lot. He had some sexy moves. Like he was like Euro stepping past people, like one eighty turns and past people. He was like fancy moves out there. Most of his rebounds were um, on the perimeter. It's like he'd be on the perimeter and he'd get some that bounced off far, which was good, but he got those. Also, yeah. Uh, one storyline that is interesting that Stacey Kane brought up, I'd forgotten about it, but um, Daniel Tice and he didn't play in this game, Devontae Green, they're both former Celtics. So Daniel Tice got to face off against his former teammate on the Celtics, Aaron Baines. And at the end of the game, they interviewed Daniel Tice. And they asked him about his relationship with Aaron Baines and how did he feel going up against a former teammate. He said he loved it and he learned a lot from Aaron Baines during his time as a Celtic. So he said he's excited to face off against him. He's their best player. He pulled some something a while ago. He's been out a while. This Even was good when you the, your score is your points number of points is higher than the number of minutes you're out there. Besides that, nineteen rebounds, it's monstrous. I wanna give him a shout out because earlier Gigi Benny Bull and I talked about Gary Trent Jr.'s game winner. And during that, I talked about um, Chris Bruce saying that Nick Nurse was not giving enough minutes. So maybe he walked, listened to it and heard it or something, like through, through the airwaves or something, because this is like his career game, best game he's ever played. He was 
Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Thirty-eight points, nineteen rebounds, and he's seven feet. And Lori Markin should call Chris and say, "How do you do rebounding?" Because th- this was like a master class in rebounding. They play differently, so I can't. I can't say Lori Markin is going to get nineteen rebounds ever because they play. Lori Markin's on the perimeter, whereas Boucher is basically a Shaquille O'Neal in the paint on the post. Occasionally he'll shoot threes. He made some threes in this game. He'll occasionally step out for threes. But mainly he's in the post. That's why he grabs so many rebounds. He's the best tonight. He's skinny too, which is crazy. He's not that big. Like he's slender. He's a slender seven feet. And he had some blocks too. Slightly similar to Mark. Yeah, there's similar build. I guess that has something to do with it too. It's like maybe they're not like so wide. Their arms are like out here. Yeah, like they don't have like the frame does not so like doesn't take up as much space. So if they're like trying to block, they're like the fan trying to stand in front of them. Like CJ says, the man is seven feet. You should be doing. They should. And and or should be doing something else. Yeah, like. I say that all the time though, but to be to be honest, Lauren Markinen not getting like ten rebounds or five rebounds, like I complain about that all the time, but you can't just being seven feet doesn't make you a great rebounder because Luke Cornette's seven feet and that man can't rebound a damn. So I guess you can't blame Lauren Markinen completely being seven feet because Talk about very good, uh, good one off the bench for Markkinen. Yeah, I also want to also Kobe White and Daniel Tice. Yeah, it was a great game for the Bulls bench. Billy Donovan had a small bench in this game. He only used Tice, White, Markkinen, then Troy Brown for some minutes. That was it. He didn't play Archie or Valentine or Makoka, Felicio, any, or Temple, any of those guys. I know this is different. Usually the Bulls were had mix of veterans like Fad Young and most of the other guys were all new, but like younger players. But now most of the players who play real minutes are veterans besides Kobe and Troy. That's really it. Yeah, oh, and Pat. Pat. I wanted to build that foundation of the veterans players just since they haven't gotten to be that depth and we haven't gotten much like too big results from 
well, besides downtime, uh, inconsistent and, uh, well, consistency and like downtime and, um, and trying to name another, uh, you gotta give them a couple of chance. Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's other, ones, other veterans Uh, Temple, but he's hurt, so there's a count. Temple, Temple's hurt. Um, the list up stops there. But, uh, is that it? Because, well, Felicio, but he never plays, so it doesn't count. Um, yeah. Archie, um, he didn't play. No, 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 Archie, yeah, Archie, there you go. Oh, yeah, no, Archie. So, yeah, maybe this was just a test run, and there was one play that you mentioned uh, in chat to me that sounded like Troy Brown did something explosive. Yeah. Low score, yeah. Uh, well, that that's not why Troy's on the team yet. He's not on the team to score 20 points, 30 points. He's not a three-point machine off the bench. He's a guy comes in. He's raw. He's young. He's new. He has talent. He just needs to keep luck. keep improving. But he had a great block on Stanley Johnson. And Stanley Johnson needed to go to the restroom. Joking that he didn't do that. But he needed to go to the restroom to change his shorts because he was destroyed by Troy Brown on that block. And also I felt bad for um, Stanley Johnson because a few minutes later he was destroyed on a dunk by... Um, Someone, so he needed help. Oh, it was Tice. Tice dunked on him. Yeah, oh, Tice. Yeah. Tice was uh, very good in this one, too. Ten rebounds, which he is. Rebound machine outside of each pitch. He's from Germany. I didn't know that. Yeah. And Daddy's fan, Patrick Williams, uh, continued there. Consistency, uh, various kind of nine rebounds. Uh, how about six assists as well? I feel like we see it more and more. Assists by, I thought it was a really good one. Excuse me, the first quarter. Uh, I really like that play. The, um, uh, he, he bounced pass to Levine. It was yeah, a I know there. that one. Uh, Zach, uh, was it a dunk or yeah, a layup? It was a dunk, I think. Because Zach had a dunk early that was like really explosive. It went back and forth. Yeah, it was a pass on top of another pass, and then cut, uh, before that cut in, dunk. Explosive. And you mentioned that Stacey King mentioned, uh, well, shouted out multiple times a certain saying. Yeah, he mentioned um, kiss myself like multiple times. So. Kiss. Oh, that's hilarious. That's when, like, a serious uh, 
mysterious uh, plane happens or like, something explosive. So yeah, it's like so like, you know funny too. Nationwide is on your side. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> you know what? The last game it was even funnier. I got a chance to watch it and. He said it like as slow as can be. He did like a new version. He was like, Nation wide. Oh man. Is on your side. <laughs> like two seconds in between. That's oh, hilarious. Man. I mean, it's just like, oh, you, you have to do that every time. It's like, oh, you must. I believe he said, you gotta change it up once in a while. Oh man. Let's we all like wait for him to say, we wait for him. I wait. I always wait. I'm like, when, when is he going to do the um, Nation Wide is on your side to go? We wait because we know that that's this thing. And also, like, like we know we're going to laugh, right? Like, that's the thing I love about it. Like, yeah, I laugh every time. The announce team, and especially King Reddy. Like, we know we're going to be, like, entertained. <laughs> Commentary. You're, like, one of the best. I also like the 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 one they do with like the Dunkin' Donuts coffee. I always laugh for that. Oh, it's like oh, coffee cup. between coffee. Yeah, coffee. Yeah. I forget which one he chose today. Biggie, Biggie Bagel. Biggie Bagel. Yeah. Uh, I've been to a lot of those games. I forget which one he chose today. Biggie Bagel. Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, this, the score doesn't tell the story. The score was only um, like nine points, but really we were winning by like 20 easily. work on his passing that's his one problem he misses players like there was one point in the game when fad young was like wide open and kobe's like i can't see him yeah and then he missed him somehow like how Yeah. 
He's turnover prone. That's his problem. No one was bad. No one was bad in this game. I'm not gonna say. Yeah. This is probably the first game. But Troy didn't play that much. So I, yeah. I think Markkanen was especially good early. That's what he needs to do. He needs to set the tone early for himself because he's not a guy who can get hot late. Usually he needs to get hot early and then he'll play well. Not anymore, at least. Yeah, not anymore, at least. I know that his, his career high was in the 20s. Yeah, he never got past the 30, 30 I feel, club. I feel like he can't get past 15 these days. But he did this game, got 18, but still... Uh, Yeah, this is a big game for Zach. They mentioned in the broadcast that with 13 assists, which he finished with, he was only two assists away from a career high of 15. His previous career high was when he was with the Timberwolves when he got 14. late in the game when um, Chris Boucher was down in the paint and he did some acting too. He was like whoa! And then like he fell on the ground and they're like um, 
foul, and the Bulls didn't like that. They didn't agree with it, but Boucher got the free throws anyway and made them both, so that was good, but he was acting a little bit. I want to mention Pat. He only had 11 points in this game, but I think this is the comfort zone for me with him. If he gets five rebounds, 11 points a night, I'll be set. That's perfectly good for him. Considered good for uh, anyone. Yeah, that's good for what we need from him. We don't need him to score thirty a night. We need him to score at least ten. I think this might be a good stopping point. I was actually wondering how March Madness is just complete, right? Yep. Yeah, we're not still playing. But besides that, they have a lot of... Oh, and Tony Snell, but he's not great or anything. But he's perfectly fine, right. former Bull. Yeah, former Bull. Uh, oh, Lou Williams. They have Lou Williams now, too. He's playing. But um, John Collins is out. Clint Capella is out. John Dre Hunt... Well, John Trencher is out. Um, Cam Rush is out. Chris Dunn's out. Danilo Guerra and Ari's out. Multiple other guys are out. For the game against the Bulls. So the Bulls need to take advantage. I know the Bulls kind of like to stink on the road sometimes. But this is when they need to win. And our schedule upcoming is, pretty, is not very good. So if we can take care of these games. Winnable games. And let's say of the six games we have against teams that we should be beating. I think if we could win four out of six, that'd be fine. That'd be good. Because we'd make the playoffs today if, as that under the playing game tournament, if um, it happened today. I'd like us to get out of that playing tournament or at least get to the seven, eight seed so we can only, we'd only need to win one game in the playing tournament, not two. Because that's difficult. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we're out of the way for. The... Yep, Bulls Hawks, and then Sunday, April eleventh, we take on the Timberwolves at yeah, as usual. Target Center. Yeah, I'm 
NPC Sport Chicago, and then Radius 678 Explorer. And yeah, including tonight, we're all away. Uh, so it makes it just a little bit tougher. Yes, we're playing some uh, one team in the middle. And then Timberwolves, uh, not so good. So yeah, you're saying that the Hawks, that seven. Yep. Uh, and Timberwolves seven too, right. so both seven. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you trying to mention where it was. Yeah, Atlanta is the Hawks where the Hawks play. Um, Bulls play on Friday, and then Sunday Target Center in Minneapolis. Also, yeah, that is on Sunday. Uh, also at seven. So with the T-Wolves, we should have that one field. If we lose, then I'm going to throw a fit. Yeah. If we lose, then you'll, you'll do like Throw a fit. Because yeah. we shouldn't be I losing. We shouldn't be losing to teams that bad. And it shows the message. This game is blacked out in your market. In comes the fit. I thought you were going to say it's as bad as watching Rockets Timberwolves at League Pass. Because that's pretty bad. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be something. <laughs> I got to say that John Wall uh, had a spectacular game the other day. Leading for to win mm. that day. It's amazing. Uh, <laughs> if we have to choose Wall or Cousins that we're joining the Bulls, if we have to choose one of them, which one? Diver. Okay, if I, I guess if I had to choose what I'd say. Wall, I guess. Yeah, Wall. I'd rather have a point guard. We don't need a center. I'd rather have a point guard. Yeah. To think that we're close to getting Cousins. I guess he was still good at the time. Uh, a couple of years ago. He's not good I anymore, mean, though. If it was a 10-day deal, yes. Right. Sure. I believe he did that, though. I'll take Wall. And it's crazy because it's like now, like we want to take him, but like Cousins <laughs> is like an undrafted player. He's not. He's free, right? He's not part of a. He's not team. Yeah. Well. So yeah, that's up to April 11th. That's a big weekend, as you know. I think this is a good stopping point for our Bulls Talk this week. Thank you for listening to the Bulls Talk. Stay tuned for Ben Dovizel coverage of the Red Stars Houston Dash game. That's going to be explosive and more.
is our big main event on episode 65, the 2021 NWSL Challenge Cup. The first match of the tournament starts tonight, 7 p.m. Central Time, between the Chicago Red Stars and the Houston defending champion, Dash. That's right. What a perfect matchup to have. And it sounds like this is by design. Yeah, it's the best matchup you can have to open the second annual Challenge Cup. And we knew that they're going to bring back the Challenge Cup. Uh, it, was, it was long rumored until the announcement uh, back in the fall that uh, they're, they're going to do one again. So in the winter, rather. So, uh, yeah, we here we are. We are in spring. Uh, although here, as we know in Chicago, it is the spring of deception, and uh, <laughs> we had a couple of sunny days, uh, perfect for uh, soccer. You know, also a rainy day looked like yesterday would be perfect too. Uh, yet uh, we've gotten some uh, quite a few windy days uh, today too. So, uh, yeah, they're probably kind of thankful that it is happening at BBVA Stadium in Houston as we uh, were reminded of how scorching hot Houston is during yep. the Zoom meet and greet with Rachel and Derek. Yeah, um, Houston's hot. hot. I've never been, but I've heard my dad been. He said it was unbelievably hot the first time he went. Right, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> it's a big city. I was, uh, I was talking with someone that's from Houston, um, was part of the Zoom community, and they have been out for a while, they just returned, and they said that uh, they, they resided in Austin, yet in Houston, they're just a big city, like for real. Uh, it's everything, every sort of like restaurant, cuisine, like they, they have it all. That's the place that has like, you know, cultural, very uh, big atmosphere. So, and uh, I believe that WrestleMania is going to be there uh, next year. So, it's going to be in, I believe, in Dallas and State So, yeah. So, everything's bigger there. Well, um, Houston. Um, yeah, we're on the road tonight. Yeah, Houston's the fourth biggest city in the United States, just behind L.A. Yeah. Behind L.A. or Chicago? Oh, well, maybe L.A. passed us, but look, I think L.A. might have passed Chicago, you're right. Because yeah, there's New York City one, and then Chicago and L.A. are right there, and then Houston. It's funny because California is the biggest state out of all, if not Texas's, uh, uh, yeah. compared to New York, when New York is so tiny, you know, there's so many there, right? Like, literally, talk about the city that never sleeps, and they're probably sleeping, you know, right next to each other out there, uh, or you know, at least kind of neck and neck uh, population right there, right? Like, <laughs> that's why you see, like, it's so busy. And yeah, you're persons. right. L.A., New York City, L.A., Chicago, Houston. That's the tough work. That's right. And ironically, uh, they're, we're going to get a... Uh, it's, not, it's not affiliated with L.A. Galaxy. Right? So we're going to get a 
Angel City FC next year. And right now we have uh, New York, New Jersey. Uh, a rebranding, it came as a surprise. It's uh, courtesy of Sky Blue FC. What is the new change, CJ Yes, very exciting news. I was blown away, just like TJ Bowl. I didn't see it coming at all. I heard rumors of a rebranding, but I assume that was a couple years down the line, or maybe... I didn't know if it was Sky Blue, but I heard rumors of NWSL rebrand. And I was like, oh, okay. So instead of Sky Blue, which in case you don't know, I did not know, they play in New Jersey. Well, now they're rebranding to... They're um, now a new one, which is NY slash NJ Gotham FC. So Batman, picture Batman, the Dark Knight, Gotham is the name. And I want to say this name is like sweet. Like I think a lot of times I complain about rebranding. I'm like, I don't like what they did, but this time I actually like it. It's very cool because they have the Statue of Liberty. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of the WNBA New York Liberty, kind of like a similar tone to that, kind of with like this um, Statue of Liberty in the background, it kind of gave me a similar vibe to what they do with like their um, brand. But yeah, so they're going to have like the Statue of Liberty and it says also they're trying to play homage to New Jersey as well in the name. So you can also see like a skyline of Jersey and the uh, new logo. They might have drawn inspiration from the WNBA and I know they That's possible. somewhat worked closely to them. I know they usually go back and forth. Usually on Twitter they, they support one another and like each other. I see that the sky and red stars have a connection. So I believe it's cool. Uh, IMO that this is a new name for them. I believe it's been a long time coming, and it's definitely going to be a big reason is for them to be more recognized or uh, uh, the world scale, right? Like well, more worldwide. And um, you know, New Jersey as a state is not necessarily known, you know, so well. Um, Hence uh, the Statue of Liberty and also the whole New York connection there. So. And other sports teams, they do that too, right? I was right. I looked up the New York Liberty and their color scheme on the logo, it says N and then Y and then like the Statue of Liberty, what she holds is in the middle. Well, it's similar to Gotham FC's new color scheme with the Statue of Liberty green followed by the black background but as far as i can tell i saw on an article i read the new color scheme of course they haven't got time to switch the new jerseys and the uniforms so it's going to be the same sky blue uniforms but new name <laughs> i mean because they haven't they haven't had time to make any of that <laughs> yet so So they're going to have the same sky blue, like orange and blue. They're going to have that until later. Yeah, I guess that's no problem. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> uh, 
this one article is funny. It's on SP Nation. It says, goodbye, Sky Blue. Hello, Gotham FC. <laughs> And there's a Forbes article too, which I like. It says, a new brand and wider aspirations for NWCL's NJ slash NY Gotham FC. By Howard Megdell. Did you say Dwight Howard? No, Howard. Howard Megdell. Right. I was about to say the investor. And it's cool too, because... Uh, Elise LaHue, who is like general manager for the Sky Blue, now Gotham FC. She's in a class that my mom is doing in graduate studies. She's in that class, so that's pretty cool. Oh, wow. Talk about class work. Hyman is a little bit respectable. Yeah, uh, they weren't on point with the jerseys. Nope. Yeah, so I'm going to see that. Same colors. I mean, the blue it really is the blue, right? Teal color. What? I, I, I just, I just like getting too specific with colors. Like, oh, it's not that color. It's like, all right, as long as we could tell what it is, blue is blue, red is red. Like, so doesn't matter. Like, you know, if you're not in art class tonight, you shouldn't be breaking down different colors as we see with, uh, you know, dealing with race issues and different things like that. So. It, it does matter, you know, it's like about culturally, you know, uh, down deep to the roots, yet uh, uh, it doesn't matter uh, in terms of, we don't want division, you know, people, so uh, it's, 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 it's fine, like not having the jerseys yet, yet it's kind of funny that they didn't get it ready. <laughs> it says here that Gotham FC announced that they'll be moving to a new arena. So they're moving to Red Bull Arena, where the New York Red Bulls play. Oh, perfect. Could this mean that they're now affiliated with the New York Red Bulls? That's possible. Yeah, definitely bring them up to actual, like, world scale. Uh, yeah. I Well, do you want to get back to the Dash and Red Stars? Because that was our announcement on Gotham FC's introduction. Yes, indeed. Let's get into it. Yes, so it's a big game Friday night at Houston, home of the Dash, BVA Stadium. And for roster's sake, it's a little bit up in the air confusing. It's kind of like what I'm thinking and based on what I know from reading the U.S. Women's National Team's website and some other articles based on players because players right now, some players won't be playing in the Challenge Cup due to international games, like in the World Cup Olympics, so they won't be playing. So for the Red Stars, based on the players that won't be playing, we know for a fact, are for goalkeepers, we know. Alyssa Nair will not be playing in the Challenge Cup first game. So, one of these three, Emily Boyd, Cassie Miller, or Melissa Louder, will be the goalkeeper. Do you have an idea of who do you think is going to be in net? Yeah. Because it won't be Alyssa Nair. So, who do you think? Emily Boyd, Cassie Miller, or 
Melissa, louder. I believe the next Lunchbox Choice, I know that they put out Tessima since Boy wasn't, wasn't free uh, or she was on the injury, injury list so last, uh, during that time, so she wasn't an option. Uh, she's been, she went overseas for a uh, sort of international mm, okay. and also a, uh, yeah, just a, to play uh, as unknown, right? So now she's back. I believe she's ready to go. She's always been the the the, the, the backup, the second uh, second option for the Red Stars. Uh, being uh, uh, quite frank, so I believe it's going to be Emily Boyd. Excited to see what she can do in it. Yeah, definitely. I I've met Emily before. Oh, cool. Is she nice? And she's 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 super cool. Um, she she's she's tall girl. Uh, uh, yeah, she's a she's a gentle guy, if you will. Um, I guess up close, you know, it doesn't feel much like your sons, you know, the ones that are who they are. Um, she also has a a Instagram, if you will, uh, and she has um, she has she's responded to me before uh out there too so she's super uh she's super good out there in the field um and also off too so so yeah yep so that was for goalkeepers now for defense defenders Tyrion davidson will not be playing for the red stars the first game she's a mainstay of the women's national team so she won't be playing then we have, as far as I know, we'll be playing. We have Sarah Gordon, Casey Kruger. I'm not sure. I think she is, though. Tatum, Malazzo, Zoe Morris, Kayla Sharples, Aaron Wright, and Bianca St. George will not be playing because she's on the Canadian team. So she right. won't be. Okay. At least at first, I believe she uh, she got one game in last time. Yeah, might be you know, but that might not be. So I, I actually count uh, her to be on back fully this uh, this during this tournament. And so yeah, it's 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 a maybe for uh, so they're kind of short on defenders. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, they have some fresh blood. Yeah, Midfielders now. And Morris. Yeah. Morris, I like Zoe Morris. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have Gordon, Gordon and Sharples for sure. So now, that's uh, your defenders. Midfielders now. We have who will be playing? Danny Colafrico, or probably my favorite player now on the Red overall. Stars. Yeah, I would say overall. Vanessa Di Bernardo, and then of course she never plays. She usually plays. She plays all the time, but she always plays in the international games, which is Julie Arch will not be playing on the Red Stars this first game. She opted out. Yeah, she opted out last year when that wasn't even happening. So well, she might be playing. I don't know if she's playing in the Challenge Cup tournament. She probably will because she hasn't announced like she's opting out. She just won't be playing the first game or so. 
so if, if anything might be part of the you know less WNT uh, for now I say that she, she is they list her yeah first and then go uh, Morgan Garat, formerly known as Morgan Bryan. Alyssa. Everyone still calls, yeah, still calls her Morgan Bryan. I don't, I don't call her Morgan Garat. I call her Morgan Bryan, but it's lists her married name now, but. Yeah, yeah, control. It's kind of foolish. Like, she, she only did it, let's be honest, just for, and she admitted to that, uh, as a surprise to her, uh, husband, uh, and she's been like planning everyone. Sure. Uh, that like it's totally fine. I'm used to it. I don't want to try that because that is her name. <laughs> um. So I look for her to, to be up to be back. Um, yeah. She 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 got she went quiet like uh, social media for longest time. We'll see if she's like fainting or anything. Yeah. Uh, expect more. Then for continued, we have Alyssa Mount, Nikki Stanton, yeah, who Nikki Stanton, yeah, who they're, they're returning. Nikki Stanton, very excited. Ella Stevens and Sarah Woldmo, who also I like a lot. Oldmo. I like her a lot yeah. too. There's so many that are saying like, oh, male PU, male PU, all right, here we are. Like, I, I like them. It's just I'm excited for Sarah Woldmo. Me too. Up, um, uh, you know, if a different team would trade, uh, I believe it was uh, was it Sky Blue? I thought it was Sky Blue. I, be- I believe so. It was a transaction there. So uh, I'm looking forward to to, to see what can Then for so be there for sure. Yeah, for forwards, we have Mackenzie Doniak, Zoe Kraski. Rachel Hill, Katie Johnson, Sarah Lubert, uh, Mallory Pugh, she's not listed on uh, US WNT team, so I'm going to go out on a limb and say she will be playing a Challenge Cup first game. But if she's not, don't text me and say, you fool, you should have known. Like, how am I going to (laughs) know? And then Cleo Watt also. That's the yeah, I expected to play. Red Stars roster. Um, I, I did hear that, you know, she was being hyped up to be, you know, debuting, so. I'm, yeah, I'm excited for Mallory Pugh. I've been a fan of her for a while, so I'm excited she's on Red Stars. Yeah, she is only still, she still was one of the youngest players uh, between, you know, just turned 22. Yeah. Fun fact, she's dating a famous baseballer. Dansby uh, Swanson. A little bit older than. Okay. Yeah, he's like twenty-seven, I think. So I, I question that. I question where's the connection there? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I read an article and it, she was introduced by like a person, a family friend, or like they introduced him to her. Oh wow! I, I wonder how that went down though. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say. Oh, like, oh, yeah. like Sure, or like you know, 
Kelia, what? Or do you want me to move to the dash? Said in a question mark. Yes, she is questionable. Just kidding. No, she she is she is the most uh hyped um in terms of the forwards. Yeah. Uh, the, She's the, hyped. In that department, so um, and best for the Red Stars. So yeah, excited for Kelia. Of course, I know I'm a little hard, hard. Sometimes. Because they, you know, I feel like if you overhyper, uh, let's be honest. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see uh, her actually, you know, uh, make some plays for us. Uh, and also, uh, goals. So far, she's had one goal on her, uh, her career in Red Stars. Yeah, I'm ready for Kelia Ohai. What? All right, we've now reached the Houston Dash roster. It's also affected by international, but not as bad as the Red Stars because there's less international, like um, national players on the Dash compared to the Red Stars. But there's still a few. Yeah, there's only, yeah, there's only three. Right. So for the Dash goalkeepers, I'm at a loss of who's going to start because Jane Campbell is on the. National team. She will be playing against Sweden. They announced. They cut out. They called her up. So the two options we have are Amanda Dennis and Lindsay Harris. I don't know a lot about Amanda Dennis or Lindsay Harris. Me either. That that wild card. I'm probably probably gonna do Lindsay Harris. Yeah, I'll go with her. Then for defenders, we have Denisha Blackwood. I think she'll be playing. International. Yeah, international. So I don't know. Maybe she won't be. Um, Alyssa Chapman, who I know was not playing because she's on the Canadian team. Katie Nodden, Megan Oyster, I Prishik, and brand new to the Dash. This will be her first game as a member of the Dash. I want to give her a welcome, Annika Schmidt. This is her first game as a member of the Dash. I mean, she was in pre she was in pre preseason, but that doesn't count. True that. Then for midfielders, yeah. Midfielders, we have Shea Groom, Haley Hansen, Amber Marshall, Christy Mewis, who's not playing. She's on the UN the women's national team. Christine, Naren, Emily Ogle. Cammy Privet, Gabby Sailor, Sophie Schmidt, who is on the Canadian team, so I don't think she'll be playing. Zandi Sori, who is listed as a. Uh, what does that mean, DG Venable? NTRP, is that National Team so, Replacement? Yeah, so that's National Team Replacement player. And then so, Brie Vasali. That means that they will be in place of the different national. Uh, team players that will be away. Oh. But challenge cup. So Zandi Sori will be playing for someone else? Yeah. Yeah. 
And then forwards. Most likely for Christine Lewis. Yeah, because she's a midfielder too, so it makes sense. Right. Then forwards, we have Michelle. Oh, I don't. I want to apologize, but look to me. I think El Zoe. I think that's how you pronounce it. She's also a national team replacement. Bridget. And Zariski, Rachel Daly, who's not playing. She's on the England national team. Jemaya Fields, Veronica Latsko, Nassau Prince, who's not playing. She's on the Canadian team. Megan Rosa, and finally, Katie Stengel. Right. Yeah, uh, the two... Oh, that was the forwards that you mentioned. Yep. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Veronica Latsko, so I'm excited to see what she can do. She's a future star. Uh, Francis as well. Yeah, uh, big fan of her. see that immediate goal that she needs. Uh, so, most likely, yeah, Michelle Elozzi, who would be the replacement for Rachel Daly. Yeah. Or Nacelle Prince, but probably Daly. Sadly. Uh, so... I know. I feel like she was kind of like wishy washy. Yeah, I thought she was playing, kind of like but. Kind of like holding. You could kind of hear it in her voice. It's like she wasn't exactly excited, which meant that she likely wasn't going to play in the challenge cup. So. She did last year. <laughs> I, I mean, that, that's the way of like it is when. Uh, English footballers that yeah. they, they do, you know, they're on left and top, and of course, like, they like to play a lot more. So, I mean, the season's going to happen, so I mean, at least we're going to get her back for the season. That regular season actually happens. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's no biggie yet. We're looking forward to seeing her at some point. All right. So we, we're more, we are more hyped for uh, Daly than we do for uh, Julie. Uh, I'm a, I, don't, I don't really know what I think of Julie Ertz. I like her, but sometimes I feel like she's overhyped. Yeah, yeah. Don't be afraid to say that. Like, definitely, I mean, the last year. like, uh, And, I mean, she didn't come up with the reason either. Uh, very, I mean, very well. Uh, done for the challenge cup, right? Like she, she did play, uh, you know, at first, and uh, fall So, oh, before we move on, I want to give a shout out because we cover Manchester City on this um, Bullhawk Sports Show, and the English women's team announced their roster. So, I want to give a shout out to the Manchester City players who made the roster. So I give a shout out to Ellie Roebuck, goalie, Lucy Bronze, 
Demi Stokes, Alex Greenwood, Esme Morgan, Kira Walsh, Georgia Stanway, Ellen White, Lauren Hemp, and Chloe Kelly. All Manchester City players who made the Lioness team. A lot of Manchester City players made it, which is pretty crazy. Well, do you want to move on to a score prediction? All right, I guess I'll go first. I think since Rachel Daly is not playing, but also the Red Stars, Julie Rich isn't playing, um, Taryn Davidson is not playing. Both of them are losing their starting goaltender, so no Jane Campbell and no Lissonaire. I'm going to say it's a tight, a tight one, but there will be goal scoring. I'm going to say these teams are pretty evenly matched. They're both good teams. I'll say two to one Red Stars. We'll go on and say, I'm going to take a chance on that and say it's going to be three, two Red Stars. I believe they've been waiting for a while to get out there and play again. And so I believe they're going to pick up where And for goal scorers, this is always a shot in the dark, you never know. But I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Kalia Watt, her, DJ Bayable, talk about her. So she's going to show up big time and score a goal. And also I'm going to say that um, Sarah Woldmo shocks all and also scores. Yeah, if she plays. Right. So hopefully, as a backup, uh, hopefully, yeah. Let's play. Let's let's pick uh, three different uh, three different dark horses or wild cards to uh, possibly score. Okay. Um, I'll say. I'll go Rachel Hill. I know she's supposed to score, but I don't know if you automatically write her name like she'll score tonight. I'll I'll just say she's a dark horse. Yeah. So, uh, literally moved up. Take it uh, as you will. That's why I didn't say her. Uh, 
Because I wasn't right. sure how good of an attacker she was. Because I didn't know she was on defense, so I didn't say her. So do I have one more or did I already say them all, right? Go ahead. I have one more? Okay. You do have one. Uh, I guess I would say I'll go, if she plays Tatum Mazzallo, maybe she'll turn it up. This went for went to a super wild card. She'll be like, I'm the, heated up tonight. The, the, <laughs> the goal was to choose someone that would be, would be there, not that. Team. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was. Yeah, I, I, that's, 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 that's right, it was. So, it was someone not on the national team who was a dark horse. I'm like, well, there's not that many, so I'm gonna go with Tatum. <laughs> so, it is, a, it is a bigger roster than last time. I guess for the dash, because I said it was going to be like 2-1, to one, so I guess somebody could score for the dash who would be playing. I've liked what I've seen from her and the preseason and practices so far. So I'm going to say that... Um, uh, Veronica Lasko, she scores. Yeah, if she plays, I would choose her. It's one of the youngest uh, players as well. She went on a hot start uh, last year during the tournament. And then oh, finally, last backup plan, if she plays, I would say Sophie Schmidt. She could score. Yeah. And also, I want to say. I'd say Emily Ogle. I think she could score maybe. Emily Ogle? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with Brie Vasali. Yeah, she's good. Yeah. All of a sudden, the dash, this last day doesn't feel as stacked. No, it doesn't. I'm sure it still will be, uh, though they're missing out on two uh, international uh, slash national teams. So, well, because if you, a, uh, yeah, factor. well, if you get rid of Michelle Prince, Rachel Daly, Sophie Schmidt, that's three of their best players. So they, and Christy Mewis. So four of their best players, in a sense, could be gone. Right. That's right. So it's I guess Shea Groom is the leader, while they're gone. Right. Player availability. Uh, I guess by the time it's gonna be twenty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for here, 
And thank you for listening to episode 65 of the Blog Sports Show. See you next week. We have some more exciting topics to go over, including not not everything, but including Fulham's match versus the Wolverhampton Wolves. That's a big must win for Fulham. We'll talk about the Red Stars dash aftermath. We'll talk about the Bulls heating up and more. <laughs>